just like to welcome anyone joining us today for our uh, live stream for City Temple and Chelsea Community Church here at the Chelsea Community Church uh, in Chelsea in London. Uh, if you'd like to join us for the whole service, drop us an email and we'll send you the Zoom info or just come down and join us in person here at Chelsea Community Church, Edith Grove in Chelsea. Today, we welcome Gisela Ravello uh, to bring God's word to us. Uh, it's gonna be great, so listen closely, amen. Amen, good morning, good morning church. How are you this morning? Yes, yeah, someone brought the sun from Spain. <laughs> it's nice, I think we, we shouldn't complain about the heat because we rarely get this. So I'm not complaining, I'm happy. And I'm grateful that God gave us some lovely sun. And uh, so um, this week, um, something that God had been putting in my heart to share with you, with, uh, with you and also that he, he talked to me about was about Thomas. Uh, so we're going to read um, two long chapters. So John chapter 20, 11 to 30, and then we're going to read Luke 24, 1 to 48. So let's start with uh, John chapter 20 from verse 11 onwards. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb, and sh as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb, and she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had laid one at the head and one at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, do not cling to me for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and my Father to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to announce to the disciples, I have seen the Lord and that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said these things, he breathed unto them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you withhold forgiveness from any, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the marks of the nails and place my fingers my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand 
and place it on my side. Do not, do not believe, but believe. Thomas answered, Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other signs in the, in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing, you may have, you may have life in his name. Luke chapter 24, verse 1 to 48. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone roll away from the tomb. But they went in, but, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He's not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee, that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remember his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now, now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostle, apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tombs, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen clothes by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. That very day, two of them were going to the village of Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And whilst they were talking with each other about all the things that had happened, while they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what is this conversation that you are holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, are you the only visitor in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened here in these days? And he said to them, what things? And they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty indeed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things have happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb earlier in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen even a vision of angels who said to them he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it as the women had said, but him they did not see. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he was going farther. 
But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it's towards the evening, and the day now is far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were open, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while, we, while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together, saying, The Lord has risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. As they were talking these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought that they saw a spirit. And he said to them, why you trouble and why do you doubt? Why do doubts arise in your hearts? See my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. For a spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see it that I have. And when he had said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still believed, they, while they still disbelieved for joy and were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, these are my words that I have spoken to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures and said to them, Thus it is written, that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witness, witnesses of these things, and behold, I am sending you to the promise of my Father upon you. But stay in the city until you are clothed with power from high. Amen. Let's just quickly pray and just ask God to speak to us. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful, Lord, for your precious word that always speaks to us. Father, you have told us many times, peace be with you. And today, Father, we want that peace in our lives, Lord, because of the things that are happening around us, because of, of the news that sometimes we hear, because sometimes, Father, anxiety tries to get hold of us because we don't know what's going to happen uh, how the world is going to continue, Father. But you have told us, peace be with you. And so, Father, today we want to have your peace. Today we want to open our eyes and our ears to your words, to what you want to speak to us, Father. Thank you because your, your word always brings encouragement. You always lead us to repentance. And, Father, you always correct us if we're doing something wrong. So, Father, I pray that your Holy Spirit will fill us today, that your Holy Spirit will speak to us in the way that he knows how to speak to each one of us, Lord. You know, you know us intimately, Lord. And so today, Father, we want to hear your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. So the title of the message is Thomas, a man like us. And, you know, what comes to mind when, like, you know, Pastor uh, Rod was already mentioned in the beginning, and he was, I think, doing a little bit of an introduction to my topic. You know, he already made you think about men and women of the Bible. But if I said to you, what, do, what comes to mind 
Now, because he asked the children, but I'm sure you were thinking. No, what comes to your mind if, if I tell you about Peter? Tell me, tell me some answers. What comes to your mind if, you, if, you, if I said Peter? Pastor, Pastor Rod already gave you some answers. Come on. An evangelist. Peter, the rock. He denied Christ. Yes, we have to remember all the good stuff, amazing, but also, you know, the things that they did wrong. What about John, the disciple? Beloved. The beloved. Like, everybody remembers that because he said it himself. John, the beloved. Uh, Martha, Lazarus' sister. She was seeking Jesus. And, and, but what did Jesus say to her? She, she was worried. She was more concerned about getting the house ready for Jesus because Jesus was coming to visit them, and she wanted to make sure that it was spotless. She wanted to, you know, it's not, it's not a negative, I think, because I think there is a time. You know, imagine if all we wanted to do was just worship and pray, and there wouldn't be any time for anything else. We, you know, we need both. What about Moses? Moses. Ten Commandments. Sorry? Stop. Yes, that's an amazing one because... You know, God used him, even with his stutter, even, you know, without, and, and, and to speak publicly and to publicly bring a, a huge amount of people out of Egypt. It, it's an amazing thing. What about King David? He was a king. He was also a, he was brave. He was a shepherd. And, and what do we, and trusted Jesus, and what do we know that God called him? He was a? Man after God's own heart. But he was also an adulterer, and he also was a, a, a man of, of war. You know, there was, there's all these things that we can see in them. There was one man that, I, I didn't find any fault, I don't know if you know any fault that he's done. Daniel, he was a prophet. Did, 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 do we know anything that he's done wrong? Not that we know, not in the Bible, but I'm sure he did something wrong because he was human. If, and if you're human, you will mess it up sooner or later. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, the Bible doesn't tell us anything bad about him. He was a righteous man. He was a man of prayer, a man who seek God. Amazing. But, you know, if I said to you, Thomas, the first thing that comes to our mind is doubting Thomas. Oh, Thomas, who doubted Jesus, who he didn't believe. You know, we shouldn't be like Thomas. Yet, Today I want us to focus on Thomas because I think Thomas also represents us at some point because we also doubt. We also sometimes don't believe that, not that Jesus resurrected, but sometimes we don't believe on Jesus' promises for our lives. Even when he said, and, and you know in these two chapters that we've read, Jesus, oh sorry, the angels are reminding the women, remember how he told you that he needed to die, that he needed to be handed over uh, and that he was going to die, and on the third day he was going to be resurrected. And then they remember, yes, Jesus said these things. I remember now. It makes sense. So the, therefore, because he's not here, these women actually did believe immediately. They really believed. They didn't have to wait for Jesus to appear to them and show them. And it's interesting because in both accounts, Jesus shows the disciples, even without them asking, he shows them his hands, and he shows them the side, and he tells them, look, Look at my hands, look at my side. And once they see it, they're like, oh, it's Jesus. And also when he said to them, peace be with you, it's like something changed in their hearts. So I think sometimes God knows us. 
And he knows us that sometimes we need some signs, that sometimes we need to see, that sometimes we need maybe a little longer. And, and so, you know, the important thing is not that Thomas doubted Jesus. The important thing is that Thomas, in spite of maybe doubting, or in spite of maybe not believing at first, he eventually did believe, and he became that great apostle. He, the, uh, the, you know, church history says that uh, he was, um, the accounts that he went to preach the gospel in um, India, and he died there as a martyr. You know, he, he was a man of God. And I think, for me, when I read these examples in the Bible, it helps me to understand that, you know, even though sometimes I, I fail, and even though sometimes I do doubt, and even sometimes I, I'm doing things when I don't see the promise, and I, I, can't, and I can't even touch it or feel it, but just to keep on pushing myself because one day, you know, even I've come to the conclusion that maybe I might die and not see the promise in my lifetime, but it will happen because if God promised, it will happen, even if my eyes don't see it, you know? And I think that's what I want us to see from Thomas because he did this. He believed God, Jesus. And I think, you know, the Bible shows us how God wants to use everyone, anyone. And if we're not willing to, to be used by God, then God will even use a donkey. The Bible tells us in Numbers 22, 28 about Balaam and how stubborn he was. He was not listening to God. God had to use a donkey to speak to him. Can you, I mean, just picture this. Let's not, let's not say a donkey. Just say, think of a dog, a cat, an animal that shouldn't talk, and you've been so stubborn that God has to use an animal to speak to you. I mean, if God can use an animal, he can use any of us. If we really just let him use us. And he wants us. He wants to use us. You know, the first thing, I'm going to just share three, three points. The first one is your questioning should not, does not, so your questioning does, should not separate you from Christ, but get you to know him more intimately. So there's nothing wrong with you questioning God or with you doubting or with you struggling with a promise or with something that God has told you he wants to do and you don't maybe believe him because sometimes we don't believe. Sometimes we don't believe and it's okay not to believe. God will help us with our unbelief. I mean, if you believe everything God tells you, amazing, you know, congratulations. You don't have that struggle, but I, I do. <laughs> and I don't know how many of you struggle with the same thing. And I, I think it's at different levels of, of our faith and our walk with Christ that we struggle with different things. And I, I, and I want to point out that perhaps, you know, when Jesus tells Thomas, you know, that, uh, that, he, that he, you know, Thomas says, you know, unless I put my finger on his wound and I, unless I, I see this, his side, you know, I will not believe. And I think all the disciples did not believe at first. And I think when Jesus comes to them, because the, the first news that they heard was from the women. When they came in Luke 24, 11, after the women had encountered the angels, they come and they tell the 11. Um, and he says, and the Bible tells us that the disciples said, but these words seemed to them an idol tale, and they did not believe them. They did not believe the women. They did not believe that they had just um, been told that Jesus had resurrected. And the, this word idol tale, according to Barclay, 
is a medical word used to describe the babbling of a fever or an insane man. So they weren't just saying, we don't believe you. They were saying, like, you are literally crazy. You don't know what you're talking. Something's wrong with that. Maybe it's too hot today. Maybe you, you, know, you, you went to sleep too late. You, you're not making any sense. What you're saying, it's impossible. And also, um, the men, the disciples, they, they did, the Bible says that they did not, but they were maybe skeptical about it. Maybe there was a part of them that thought, maybe this could happen, but if, if I don't see Jesus, I only saw the linen, so it sounds half true, but what about Jesus? Where is he? So, you know, but maybe they were struggling, but they didn't, none of the disciples said it out loud like Thomas. Thomas was the only one that said it out loud, what, how he felt. You know, and sometimes maybe, you know, we're like Thomas like that. Maybe everybody else is thinking it, but there's only one person who actually says it out loud. And sometimes we think, oh, Thomas, doubting Thomas. And maybe everybody said, oh, yes, Thomas, doubting Thomas. But at the end, when Jesus comes and, and, and says, put your finger here and see my hands, the Lord Jesus says eventually, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Jesus was not just talking to Thomas when he said that. He was talking to all the disciples because all of them at some point did not believe that Jesus had resurrected. So he's also teaching us a lesson. We are blessed when we believe even though we don't see. And, and I think this is key for our Christian life because many times we might not see what God has promised us and it's hard, it's hard to persevere it's hard to keep going every day when you don't, you don't see that promise that God has, has said to us. But it, that's why we need faith. Believing when we don't see what we want requires faith. And I felt that God wants to tell us and he wants to encourage us in a very special way. Because when I was, and when I was you know, developing this point, the... the a verse that came to my mind, a story that came to my mind is in Mark 9, you know, when there's this young man who has been um, oppressed by the devil so much that his father is desperate. He had taken his son to the disciples for them to cast out the, the spirit of the demon, and they couldn't. So they, he brings his son back to Jesus, and Jesus says to him, how often or since when has this you know, um, has he been suffering? And he says, since childhood. And in verse 22 it says, and it has often ha cast him into fire and into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. This father was desperate. His son was, can you just imagine this person all being thrown into the fire and everything it was because the, the devil wanted to destroy him, into the, thrown into the fire and into water. So I imagine if he was thrown into water, there was many times that this father had to save his son from drowning into the fire. This boy was probably burned on his body because it wasn't once, it was constantly. But in the same time, it made me think, we as parents, we are constantly also facing things that the enemy wants to do to harm our children all the time. 
And sometimes we are like this, Father, Lord, I believe, I really believe, but I need you to help my unbelief. There's a part of me that is not seeing what I want, that is, is seeing things that are getting worse and worse, or is seeing good times and then bad days. But I want this to be good. It would be so nice that everything will be good, right? <laughs> so we don't have to struggle. But that's not life. That's not reality. So if you're doubting today, just ask Jesus, help my unbelief. It's okay, because it will get you closer to him. It will get, get, get you to know Jesus more intimately. You know, doubting or, or struggling with that, Believing is nothing wrong. It's actually getting you closer to him. The second thing is not your mistake that defines you, but what you do afterwards. Talking about Thomas. It wasn't his mistake. And, and actually, we've, we have defined him by, him by his mistake. But I think we have to see him in a different light. We have to see how he became a preacher of the gospel, how he lived and died for Christ. Because there is a Thomas in all of us. You know, maybe at some point we maybe also deny Christ. Deny him maybe not because we said Christ doesn't exist, but deny him because maybe we weren't living and behaving as a, as a Christ-like child. You know, we can sit and talk about all the different mistakes and faults that we see in men and women of the Bible. But in the end, it's, oh, it's, it's their, their belief, their faith. You know, Hebrews chapter 11 tells us, there this list of men and women of faith who, the Bible tells us that they, I, I like this, in Hebrews 11, verse 13, it says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar, and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on, on the earth. This is not our final destination. It's nice to have a, a comfortable home. It's nice to have comfortable living. It's nice to, you know, to have a nice life here. But this is, we are also exiles on this earth. This is not our final destination. This is where we are temporarily. It's where we're going. And that's why when I read this text, when you know, it says that they saw by faith and they greeted you know, by far. And sometimes I think, okay, maybe some of those promises I have to greet them from afar because I might not see them here, but I know it will happen. I trust that God will not lie. I trust that God promises, and what he promises, he does, even when we don't see it. Um, Martha was so worried about the things to do at home rather than spending time with Jesus. And sometimes we, we can be like that. I don't know, as a mom, when you have young children, you know, yeah, I think most of the time I'm thinking I wanna fix, I wanna clean, I wanna, you know, do this. And, and then I also think, well, if I don't do the washing or if I don't clean up the house, it's still gonna be dirty afterwards. I mean, that's not gonna change. I'm still gonna have to do it later anyway. So sometimes there are priorities. And in this case, when Jesus talks to, Mer to Martha, because Martha says, Jesus, don't you care that my Mary's not helping out? Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good part, which will, which will not be taken away from her. What was the good part? Her devotion to Jesus. The good part was that at the right time, because Jesus was there. You, how often do you get Jesus in your house? <laughs> I, I can understand Martha, that she wanted to have, you don't get Jesus all the time, so you want to have the best house. You want Jesus to leave that house and say, oh, the way Martha cleans her house, it was a spotless, the smell was delicious, the food, oh, it was the best place. But 
you know, this time, that wasn't the priority. The priority was to be sitting at Jesus' feet. The priority was to listen to what he wanted to teach, to what message he had for them. And I think we need to, to have a good balance between sometimes being like Martha, because there are times we need to fix up and, and sort things, and especially in our lives, and there's times where we need to just put priorities, you know, the mess and, and the, the things that are happening in the household will still be there when, after we spe spend some time with Jesus. And actually, if anything, it will change something in us. Number three, and the last one, understand your identity in Christ. I think Thomas understood who he was in Christ. And I think, I don't know if in his lifetime he was known as the Doubting Thomas. I don't know if that was you know, how everybody knew him. But he, that didn't move him. Maybe if anything, that probably wanted, wanted him to, you know, to really show that you know, he wanted to live and die for Christ. When we understand who we are, then nothing will move us. Who we are in Christ. When we understand who we are in Christ, then nothing will move us. Sometimes we are moved by people's comments. Sometimes we are moved by people's applause, praise, but also by the negative comments. Because, and if you live by that, oh, you will have a terrible life. <laughs> because, you know, even in Jesus' time, there were times where they wanted to make him the king. Oh, yes. And there were times they wanted to kill him and throw him off the cliff. So you can't, you can't expect to live a good life, a, a, a calm life, based on people's comments about you. Because sometimes they will be great, and sometimes they're going to be terrible. You need to have your identity in Christ. You need to be stepping and walking in what Christ has said about you, and knowing your identity. I, I, um, the reason why I'm sharing this is because this week I heard a testimony of a, a preacher, a woman, who they, a journalist did uh, um, a little bit of, of, of uh, what, what do you call it? A, sorry? Interview, thank you. An interview with her. And, they, and, and the journalist asked her, so this person has said this about you. What do you say? And she, and she said, well, I can answer that question in, with, in many different ways, but I'm going to choose to answer it in the Christian way. And so she said, firstly, I bless that person, and I want the best, and I wish, and I pray for the best for that person. Secondly, um, the comments that that person has made are his comments. They do not define me, because I know who I am, I know what I've done, and I know who has called me. So therefore, whatever that person has said, that's his comments, those comments do not define who I am. Those comments do not define who has called me, and those comments do not change what I do. And I thought that was amazing, especially the first thing which she said, I'm going to answer as a Christian, because I didn't think, I mean, I was thinking about myself, and I was thinking, I would have said that that person is wrong, that what they're saying is not right, <laughs> that that's not how it is. But then when she said that I blessed that person, I was thinking that is the right thing to do. When someone, even if they're you know, making up a lie or even if they want to make you look really bad, blessing them is actually showing a Christ-like attitude because you're not, you don't wish them evil, or you don't wish them anything wrong to happen to their life, you don't wish them that everything they, they said for you goes back to them. 
you truly sincerely want to bless them and you truly sincerely want them to, to have maybe an encounter with Jesus. And I thought that was amazing. And it just made me think, when we really understand our identity in Christ, then we are okay. Because people are going to have many comments about us, good ones and bad ones. I mean, obviously, when people tell you nice things, when they praise you, it's nice. You feel nice. But at the same time, that should not move you. Because, again, people are going to say good and bad stuff about you. It's their comment. And it's, I think you have to have a tough skin to be able to actually um, let people's bad comments fall on you. I, I say sometimes we need to be like the ducks, you know, ducks and their feathers, and like water. Have you seen a, a, a duck going to dive into the water? You would think that they will get wet, but as soon as they come out, there's no water on them. It's like really dry because they have a special, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say a chemical, but something on their feathers that doesn't let the water sink in. We need to be like the ducks in that sense. You know, when people tell you something, it's going to come to you, but don't let it stay on you. Let it, you know, fall like the water on the feathers of a duck. Today, I want to encourage you to become more intimately with Jesus, to know him more. If you're doubting, that is not a bad thing. If you're struggling, believing that God, what God has promised you, that's not a bad thing. Just persevere. Just let God continue to talk to you, because he will talk to you in many ways. He knows how he talks to you. I know how God talks to me, and I will seek him that way. But you need to find out how God talks to you. Sometimes God talks to you, uh, well, he will always talk to us through his word. So read the Bible. But don't, don't read it like, you know, what is God going to tell me today? Not like that, but really seek God, especially if it's a life-changing decision. Seek God in a way that you know he's talking to you. Um, and hopefully next time you hear the name Thomas, you'll remember that it's okay to wrestle with God, that in the end, God will win, and, and we will get to know him more intimately. You know, God never loses. We don't have to defend God. He, he, he's been here before us. He will be here after us. And if anything, we're just here to be his servants. We should be here to let him work in us because he wants to use you. And that's one thing that I want you to take with you. God wants to use you the way you are. He, the, uh, the gifts that he's given you, he's not made a mistake. How he's made you, he's not made a mistake. This is how he intended. There are things that maybe we need to work in our, in our behavior. Maybe there are things that we need to completely cut off our life. But the Holy Spirit will guide you. But just let God do what he wants to do in your life. Amen? And so anyway, this is, this, is, this is a preaching that really has, I don't know, done something in my heart. And I pray that the Holy Spirit also does the same thing with you in your life. So shall we pray and, and thank God for his word. Heavenly Father, we are grateful, Lord, that you are here with us, that you hear our prayers, that you listen to us when we pray, Lord. Father, there are many of us in this place who have different situations going through their lives. Father, I know that sometimes we struggle, Lord, with our faith. Sometimes we struggle with, with our belief. And sometimes we are like this man, and we're telling you today, I believe, but help my unbelief. Because there is a part of us that sometimes we struggle, Lord. And I pray, Father, that today you will fill us with your Holy Spirit. 
fill, fill our hearts, especially those parts, Lord, where doubt is trying to creep in, where circumstances is trying to take control, Lord. Help us to be men and women of faith, Lord. And Father, you know our faults and you know our mistakes, Lord. Father, today we surrender these mistakes and we surrender these faults before you, Lord. We repent of them, Father, so that the enemy has nothing against us, Lord. We repent, Father, of, of the things that were holding us back. Father, help us to forgive and forgive us, Lord. Like you told us, you taught your disciples to pray. For, help us to forgive, Lord, and forgive our sins like we forgive those who sin against us, Lord. Today, Father, we release any anger. Today, we release anything that's holding us back, Father, because we want to be ready for revival. We want to be ready, Lord, to be your spokesperson at any time, Lord. Thank you because, Father, we can see in the men and women in the Bible that you used, they were ordinary people, Lord. And Father, we are ordinary men and women in this place, Lord. And we are ordinary families, Lord. But we have a supernatural God. We have an extraordinary God. We have an amazing God. And because of you, there are many things we can do, Father. And so today I pray that we will have this strong sense of authority and identity in Christ, Lord. That we will understand who we are in Christ. That we will stand as your children, Lord, without fear, knowing, Father, that everything that happens in our life, it all works together for our good because we have been called according to your purpose, Lord. And Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you because something great is coming into our lives, something great is coming into your church. Father, we trust, Father, that your promises will happen. Your yes and amen on your promises, Lord. Father, help us to see revival. Help us to be men and women who preach the gospel at all times, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. 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 Give thanks to the Lord for the word.